you're going to teach our children that it's okay for any two children of any age, of any sex, to have sexual intercourse with each other as long as two components are present, one's using a condom and they both give consent. Did I hear that correctly? Welcome to Fearless, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. My name is Amber Archer. I am a film producer, public speaker, and co-founder of the filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features. I, alongside my husband, Mark, started a 501c3 nonprofit filmmaking ministry to create tools for churches, organizations, groups, or individuals to use to educate, motivate, and inspire others to get involved in the issues destroying our society and take a stand for biblical values. The Lord has a job for every one of us to do, and it's going to take all of us doing our part to see a spiritual revival in our nation. Joining me, as usual, is my husband, award-winning filmmaker, author, and director, Mark Archer. I'm still here. You are still here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still here sitting here behind this here microphone, Uh looking at it. It's such a pretty day. I don't want to be inside. Yeah. So, but we all have a job to do. We do. Mm Mm-hmm. It takes prayer and action. So here we are. Here we are. You'll hear um, our guest speaker today, mm-hmm. Mark Bonkowitz from Nebraska. So we're excited to share our interview with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so where are we going today? Well, today we're going to the Nebraska legislature, mm-hmm. uh, specifically to uh, share one of the uh, interviews that we picked up uh, in Nebraska. Um, so... In in working on this new film called The Mind Polluters, which is all about the sexualization of our children and our culture through this comprehensive sex education. And if you haven't uh, been following along uh, over the past couple of months, but especially the past few weeks, uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to the five-part series that we did with Dr. Judith Reisman. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't even know how to explain. I mean, she has such a deep treasure trove of knowledge and she's such a fascinating interview um takes you down and through every rabbit hole that there is but they're not conspiracies they're real it's all documented it's all documented she's got it all yeah her her office is the reisman institute which is inside the law library at liberty university Mm -hmm. it's it's a library within the library she has just decades of her work and research and file cabinets and bookshelves and just I was so excited. Amazing. I know. I was so excited to talk to her the other day and to hear that they've actually started digitizing mm-hmm. all of her research. And you guys, it, when we went down there, we were just blown away. Their file cabinets, like you would not believe. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. why it's a whole... It's a whole library. It's a whole institute within itself because there is so much, so much research and so much work. Yeah. And I'm so appreciative of people like her who have made it her life's work to document these things and to preserve the knowledge and to be willing to share that knowledge with the rest of us. You know, we're, we're new to this like you. We don't know much about this other than what we're learning. And so you're learning this right along with us as we go. And you'll hear that from Mark, who we introduce here in in a little bit. Yeah. So before we get to Mark's interview, I'll tell people a little bit about our our journey to Nebraska, Mm -hmm. um, because we've been following these efforts uh, in this legislative uh, term, if you will, uh, with various states trying to overturn the obscenity exemptions. 
and we spent several weeks following what was happening right here in Indiana at the Indiana legislature. And that bill advanced farther than we expected it to. Mm -hmm. And then mysteriously died on the Senate floor. Right. And But they vowed to bring it back next year. Yes. So hopefully, you know, I'm excited to get the mind polluters done mm -hmm. so that more people can see what's actually happening. Yeah. And just in case you're wondering, if you didn't keep up on that, it died on the Senate floor of a Republican-controlled Senate. Right. Republican-controlled House, Republican-controlled governor's office. Right. And if you want to know more about what obscenity exemptions are, there's I think we got two back-to-back -back podcasts that go back. I'll leave a link to those. Right. But one of the things that I always love about going to state houses and courthouses is looking at the architecture and looking at what has been chiseled in and painted you know, inscribed into the architecture of these buildings. Mm -hmm. And you see it a little bit in Inwood Drive. There's several shots of the courthouse and yeah. things that that are in, that are set in stone on the outside of the building and things that are painted on the ceiling that are so poignant to, to what's happening in the story. And one of the interviews that we did in Nebraska uh, was a woman by the name of Amber Parker. And she rattled off this quote and she said this is on the outside of the nebraska state house mm -hmm. uh, but i did find it and i found a um a whole page from the nebraska legislature about who said it oh uh, so the quote is hold on, let me get the quote first on the north portal on the exterior of the nebraska state house the salvation of the state is watchfulness in the citizen Hmm. And that was, that is a quote from Hartley Burr Alexander, professor of philosophy, born in Lincoln, Nebraska in 1873, spent his youth in the Midwest and his school years in Syracuse, Nebraska, received his bachelor's degree from the University of Nebraska in 1897. And then I, I did a little more digging um, on other inscriptions at the Nebraska <laughs> State House, because if you haven't been to the if you haven't been to the Nebraska State House, it is stunning. Which I would imagine a lot of people, if you don't actually live in Nebraska, right. you probably haven't been there. Right? What, like what us. reason? I, do if you have? somebody would have said that to me, I'd be like, "Yeah, I've never been there." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I love courthouses and state houses, and Nebraska uh, really has a beautiful state house, almost like a cathedral. Um, uh, here's another one. Uh, men should not think it slavery to live according to the rule of the Constitution, for it is their salvation. Hmm. Uh, that is the freeze below the rotunda cornice, <laughs> and that is from Aristotle. Hmm. Uh, also, law and order delivers the soul. Plato. How about this one? Uh, freeze above the Supreme Court bench. Eyes and ears are poor witnesses when the soul is barbarous. <laughs> oh. That was a quote from Heraclitus, <clears throat> who, interestingly enough, was born in Ephesus. Oh. <laughs> um, this one I had to share. Uh, the West Lounge Mantelpiece. <clears throat> okay, the next time we go, I'm totally taking a tour. Yeah, it, it would be worth it. 
The basis of our political system is the right of the people to make and alter their constitutions of government. But the constitution which at any time exists, till changed by an explicit and authentic act of the whole people, is sacredly obligatory upon all. The very idea of the power and the right of the people to establish government presupposes the duty of every individual to obey the established government. Any guess on who who's that's from? No. George Washington. I was going to say that. I, yeah. told, I should have said it. That's from his farewell address. Uh, but the one, I have to repeat the first one. Yeah. The salvation of the state is watchfulness in the citizen. And why I think it's so poignant is because what you'll hear here with our guest today, Mark Bonkowitz, who founded, co-founded Nebraskans for Founders Values. Mm-hmm. And that is actually their their tagline for their organization. And you'll hear him talk about being part of the silent majority mm-hmm. for way too long and then having a wake-up call. And what that led to was him getting involved. And uh, we can, we'll talk more about that as we go. So let's listen in to our conversation with Mark Bonkowitz. My name is Mark Bonkowitz. I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm the executive director of Nebraskans for Founders Values Action. And the action means that we're a 501c4, so we can actually identify, vet, and support conservative candidates for office. We just started that organization six months ago. Prior to that, I was executive director of Nebraskans for Founders Values, and that's a C3, and we're the guardians of the First Amendment rights of freedom of speech, religion, and exercise your conscience in a public square in all 93 Nebraska counties. For the first 59 years of my life, I was a member of the silent majority. I voted in virtually every election. I even helped a few candidates make some phone calls, walked in parades with them, but was never really involved in the political process or the governmental process at all. Uh, After early morning prayer for many, many years, finally, I just felt in my heart, God just kept saying, Mark, prayer is not enough. You have to be a man of prayer and action. My children are being assaulted. You need to get involved in a public square. So after you hear that and hear that and hear that, you go, okay, I think that the Lord really wants me to do something here. So then you, you, you keep praying, and then the genesis became Nebraskans for Founders Values. So I was the co-founder of the organization eight and a half years ago. Approximately late 2015, we got a phone call from someone who said, do you know that they're trying to bring in comprehensive sex education to Omaha Public Schools? I don't even know what comprehensive sex education is. So let's learn more. So we did some studies and we started to find out what was going to be the contents of the curriculum. And as a Christian man, it just abhorred me to think that trusted teachers were going to be able to show sex explicit material to children of all ages from fourth grade and older. And it was going to be okay. And so that's not only harmful material from a legal standpoint I was to learn, but it was totally against everything how I was born and raised as a Christian man in the farmland of western Nebraska. So after what God said, you got to be involved, okay, this must be the battlefield. So we worked really hard to educate citizens all across uh, the metropolitan Omaha. We were fortunate to put together a PowerPoint presentation. Long story short, we ended up doing 27 presentations in about a three-month period of time. 
So, I mean, we were booking hard. We were doing them on Thursday nights. We were doing them on Saturdays. And they, we were able to get invited into these churches because once the pastors understood what we were really trying to do to protect the children, they really wanted their congregants to be able to hear about it, and so they would invite us in. And, you know, a certain percent of them at each one of the presentations would come forward and say, especially after we showed them it's perfectly normal and some of the other evidence, because we bought the flash curriculum and we went through an analysis of it, we were abhorred with what the contents were. That was always part of our presentation. And it was so interesting to pass around uh, It's Perfectly Normal book, which is a cartoon-drawn book, supposedly for fourth grade 10-year-old and older, and you just watch the moms go through it, and they would get to page six, and they would just go, what? you got to be kidding me. I mean, we even had one person in one of our workshops go, what? you got to be kidding me. No, no, none of my kids are going to see this. You know, so you knew that you had a real live wire right there. So we worked hard. God put it on our heart to start going to the Omaha Public Schools board meetings, which we did, and it was really shocking to hear what their plans were uh, as little as they were giving out information and then uh, one of our great members at that time was Dr. Lucifranic. He had a lot more time available then than he does right now. Infectious disease doctor with Bergen Mercy Hospital and so he joined the team so we decided we'll send five people down to Omaha Public Schools with the head of the curriculum department and just meet with them for an hour and just really find out what's going on. And you know the doctor is really a smart guy. I mean, he's a graduate of Harvard Medical School, okay, and he's a really quiet, introverted, introspective type of personality. And about three-quarters of the way through this hour presentation, he said, well, let me just summarize what I'm hearing you tell me. You are telling me, what I'm hearing you tell me is, you're going to teach our children that it's okay for any two children of any age, of any sex, to have sexual intercourse with each other as long as two components are present, one's using a condom and they both give consent. Did I hear that correctly? And the head of the curriculum department said, uh, yeah, that's a pretty accurate assessment of what we're gonna do. So we were shocked. So we put, sent the word out, this is what they're gonna do. Here comes the big meeting when they're going to be uh, voting on it, they being the board of, school board, and there's nine members of the school board. We tried to talk to a few of them one-on-one -on -one in advance and didn't have hardly any results with them. And so we just prayed, Lord, we're just looking for a big crowd so that you know we get these parents really upset and enraged and they're gonna come down. And our thoughts were the meeting room had room for maybe 200 people in there. So let's just fill this room, fill all the seats. Standing room only around the outside edge. You just can't outdo God because not only did he send enough to fill that room, but there were people still standing in the stairway and they were clear outside yet. And so they had to move from the normal room into the auditorium. This is a former large high school that they now have as headquarters of Omaha Public Schools. We figured there was room for 1,100 seats in there and they were all full. I went back to the room of 200 and all the seats were full and there was a whole bunch of people standing around there and they actually had the Hispanics going there so that they could do a translation of what was going on. So God bless us with 1,500 people. So we were elated. Oh, 
Oh, baby, thank you, Lord, this is wonderful. Thinking that, okay, we were gonna really make an impact. The vote a week later was nine to zero and we lost. We lost despite everything we had done. It broke our hearts, as you can imagine. Lord, how, what's going on here? We, we prayed, we took action, we worked hard, you blessed all those people, how could we lose? So we knew that we really had to get much smarter and to think bigger, and so we were able to join a large organization called the Protect Child Health Coalition, and their whole goal, we now have members in 39 states from organizations, something like a lot of pro-life groups, a lot of just traditional values groups, groups like Nebraskans for Founders Values. We now have members in 39 states. And the whole goal is to remove comprehensive sex education from those public schools where they are teaching it and prevent it from coming into any others. Okay, so we are in the process right now in eight states of introducing the repeal obscenity exemption statute that's customized to every state so that we can plug the loophole so that if there are any rogue teachers who are going to teach using sex explicit obscene material, that they will be handled just the same way that any other adult would be handled around the United States, okay? Which is, you're gonna be subject to arrest and you're gonna be sub subject to potential a, a trial, and if you are convicted, then you know, you're gonna have to do some jail time, okay? We are thankful in the state of Nebraska that the, I believe, to our knowledge, at this point in time, there's 254 public school systems in the state. There's only one that's teaching comprehensive sex education. There's been a couple of others that have tried in the Omaha area. We've been there. We've worked with the school board members, and right now we, we have this wall around Omaha Public Schools that's preventing it from going anywhere else in the state. We just met with the Lincoln Public Schools a curriculum facilitator and, and leader for the uh, physical health and the sex education and went down and spent two hours in the office. And their curriculum is wonderful. I mean, all when they talk about sex education, they just have some graphics of the different sexual uh, organisms for the males and for the females. There's nothing graphic about it. And the leader has told the teachers that if you have some really great material that you would like to show, then you bring it to me first so that I can approve it to make sure that it's going to fit into what we're doing. And if it doesn't, you can't use it. And if you choose to go ahead and not show it to me or you choose to uh, still show it even though I said no, when you have problems with the parents, I'm not going to stand behind you and defend you. And Lincoln Public Schools is not going to stand behind you and defend you. You are on your own. So we just feel wonderful after that meeting, which was just last week. The complacency in the United States comes from multiple sources. And a part of it is that we've had lots of years of peace and prosperity, and so the level of natural concern is lower than what it has been. Um, the cost of living has gone up, and so it requires a lot of uh, women to work outside of the home for the standard of living that they want to have. Okay, and. You work full-time as a woman, then you come home and you're working full-time to keep the family together. You don't have any extra time on your hands. You know, uh, sports is a huge diversion in this country. Uh, I'm 70 years old and I'm appalled at the how far the moral standards have declined in my lifetime. You know, when I, I went to Catholic school, fourth grade on, <clears throat> you know, 
if a girl came in and her skirt wasn't at the bottom part of her knee, she went home and got a longer skirt on, okay? You chewed gum in, in class, you went to the principal's office, and then you ended up writing, I will not chew gum 500 times. I mean, we have, don't even think about those things anymore. When I talk to, to teachers and hear the abuse that they put up with and the lack of respect and uh, you know, students that just come in a class and, and lay down their head and they sleep during any required class, I mean, incomprehensible behavior is allowed and, and accepted. You just throw all of that whole collage together and you just got lots of challenges. And now you have, you know, this is one of the biggest problems in America today, okay? Because you're never, you can never get away from it. All the porn in the world that you want to have is right here for, you know, all the, the men and women who might be thinking about going down that road or inquisitive. So there's, it's just really hard to lead a chase life today compared to what it used to be. I think it's so important to remember what Mark said, that the Lord convicted him that prayer is not enough. We need to, you need to be a man of prayer and action, mm -hmm. getting involved in the public square, getting in. And that doesn't just Go, mean going to the school board meetings. Right. It doesn't just mean going to the state house. It means going to the school board meetings. Mm -hmm. It means getting involved with your church. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that's leadership. Maybe that's um, organizing events, but we have got to, we have to get involved, get engaged. The watchfulness of the citizen, uh, it applies to Christians in every aspect of life. Mm -hmm. And a, a good example of that is, uh, the, the people that we have started to meet doing public screenings of Inwood Drive. Yes. They are such a good example of watchful citizens mm -hmm. And I've been encouraged. I was encouraged on the very first one that we did a few weeks ago at the University of St. Francis in Fort Wayne. And that it was a mix of college students, yes. you know, mm -hmm. 19, 20, 21 year olds and the the retirees, mm -hmm. you know, 60s, 70s, maybe even 80s. And th that was the demographic. It was that that far spread was mm -hmm. really quite amazing and it was not what I expected. Right. Um, I was very encouraged to see the younger generation there and really because they are motivated and they want to do something. Mm -hmm. And so to have the, the wisdom of those that have walked before mm -hmm. to be able to pour into those young lives is so amazing. And to, for us, it's so gratifying to see the film, Inwood Drive, that is what it was designed to do. Right. Is to be a magnet, to draw those people in so that they can have discussion and, and get involved. Mm -hmm. It's not about, it's not about Inwood Drive. It's about, here's, here's an excuse to bring people together. Yeah. It, together. Right. I, I, you know, let us not give up the gathering together. Right. I mean, yeah. I was just happy. I was happy that Kathy Humbarger was able to be there mm -hmm. and that they she was able to engage with people there that maybe she hadn't before. Yeah. And the film serves as a motivator. It's a wake-up call. And so 
we're just happy to have it out there. Yeah. So if you or your church would like to host a screening of Inwood Drive, you can visit our website at fearlessfeatures.org or send us an email, Mark and Amber at fearlessfeatures.org. And we would be glad to help you guys get that set up. And, you know, anybody who wants to get involved in the pro-life movement, it's a great opportunity to gather people together and come up with solutions for your own community. Right. If you're a church, it's a great way to uh, bring people together and have an opportunity to talk about the subject of abortion. Yeah. If you're a pro-life organization, then it's a no-brainer for you. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, if if it's possible, we would love to attend. Yeah. You know, uh, it just depends where you are and if we can swing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but any chance we can to get out there and meet people like you, we would love to. Yeah. So we appreciate you joining us today on this journey and every Tuesday or Thursday. You can find all the archives to this show by visiting fearlessfeatures.org and check out our latest film, Inwood Drive, and learn more about our new documentary film called The Mind Polluters. All that information is available at our website at fearlessfeatures.org. It's also where you can help be a force multiplier when you support this ministry. Thank you again for joining us. Have a wonderfully blessed day and shine on, my friends. (laughs) 